Well, hi, everybody. I hope you're having a great morning today. The sun is shining. God is in this room with us. What better day could we have? Amen? Come on, stand on up with us as we worship the Lord, because today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Rest your voices this morning and praise Jesus Christ. Here we go.
their name. We are here to serve and worship the Lord this morning. So please greet those around you. Great to have you here with us today. God loves you. I want you to know that today. God loves you so much. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountain. Your justice flows like the ocean side. I believe my voice to worship you, my King. I will find my strength in the shadow of your
Can have a seat. Good morning. 
Good morning. Good to be with you all. Welcome, welcome. Welcome those joining us online. Listen, if we have any guests in the house this morning, welcome. We're thrilled that you're here. Please do us a favor. Stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Uh, We have a gift for you. Uh, Just saying thanks for being here with us. Um, uh, Yeah, listen, God's doing incredible things. We had a baptism last hour. We have baptisms at the end of the service today. We thank God for that. Isn't that exciting? Truly. This is very cool. Uh, listen, uh, yeah, please, any of our guests, please, if you're a guest this morning, please stop by the Welcome Center. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and just get to know you. And if you're online, let us know uh, that you're hanging out with us online, and we'd love to connect with you online. But church, listen, I'm excited to tell you that on April 1st is our extravaganza. Is anybody excited about egg hunt? I am. I am. Listen, this is an, we're going to see all kinds of families, our church family, and people that we get to reach out to and invite are going to come on up on April 1st. And we're going to have a great time oh, back in the field over there. We're going to be having a carnival theme this year. So this is going to be super fun. Do us a favor. Go online. You can check out more information. You can register your kids and then send that link over to somebody and invite them to, to come and, and bring their kids and then just have them come with you. It's going to be a big, big family party on April 1st. So bring your whole family and come on out. This is for the kids, but it's a family event. And so as you are leaving, please stop by and say hi to Kim and Christy. They're going to be in the foyer. They have a table up, and they'll, an- they'll answer any questions that you may have. And then they'll talk to you about how you can be a part of serving and be a part of the team that helps put this whole entire event on. So uh, please stop by the Welcome Center. I'm sorry, stop by the foyer table and talk to Kim and Christy, and then they'll give you all kinds of opportunities to serve and be a part of that as well as answer any questions. Plus, they would just love to see you too. So that's going to be on April 1st, our extravaganza. Church, I also just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving unto the Lord. God's growing us in the grace of giving. And you can give online through the mail or using the offering boxes here in the church. But God is good to us, and we are worshiping him and just being faithful to all that he's called us to. So thank you for being faithful and giving unto the Lord. God is God is doing amazing things, and we're here and just continue to hear amazing stories and miracles that he's doing in our own church community. So God is, is good. We're going to see these kids get baptized at the end of the service. It's going to be powerful. Would you stand with me as we continue on this morning? Father, thank you for just allowing us to gather this morning, to gather uh, in your house, Lord, to, to worship you, to, uh, to give, to, to fellowship, to hang out, to talk, to to, to just see what's going on with each other, to, to be real, to be honest, to uh, just think about each other, to talk about stories. God, th- this, is, this is what you desire, is that we're all meeting together uh, and worshiping you, that we're, we're raising up the name of Jesus, and that's what we're going to do here at Crossroads. We're going to raise up the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for this egg hunt already. We know that uh, April 1st is right around the corner. We pray for this egg hunt. We pray, Lord, that as this is a planting event, we want to see... Uh, families that would bring their kids and hear about the gospel, hear about Jesus, and just kind of start to start to understand and, and think about why is this church up on a hill? Why would they do an egg hunt? And just start to ask those questions, and we're going to see uh, we're going to see families uh, just just come to you. And so, Lord, that's what we pray. We pray, uh, Lord, that as the as the, the gospel is planted, as these people just ask and, and wonder what's happening here, and, and get to experience you from their from this community, God, that you would use us. Uh, to be your hands and feet uh, to our community and beyond. Lord, we uh, thank you for this time. We thank you, uh, Lord, for the baptism we had last hour and, Lord, for the the baptisms we're going to have at the end of this service. God, we give you thanks for growing uh, in the hearts of these children and these youth, Lord, at our church. God, we're um, amazed at what you're doing. Uh, We love you so much, Jesus, and we ask it all in your name. Amen.
to say thank you for giving such a warm welcome to uh, guest speaker last week, Pastor John Lilly. Wasn't he a phenomenal guy? Yeah, let's thank God for John Lilly. Wonderful time. He told me you welcomed him so warmly that he'll come back again. So uh, 
I'm so glad that he was able to be here last week, and I want to thank you for allowing me some time with my family as our daughter got married last week, Crease. Yeah, Crease and John got married. So uh, I told everybody I think I'm emotionally stable today to be able to preach, okay? Last week I was worn out, I was exhausted, and I've never seen anything like that. It's such a wonderful weekend, but I want to thank you for all that you, uh, how you support our family through the years, God's been so good to us. We have a wonderful church family here. It's a growing church family. God keeps growing us, and there are new members added daily. I feel like we're in the book of Acts. God is just bringing people unto himself constantly in our church. So I want to say thank you for your, your kindness towards us and uh, just, uh, <clears throat> just a wonderful weekend last week. John Lilly was uh, just superbly thrilled to be here. And also, I just want to, just on one, one note here this morning, just like to ask you to pray for one family in our church. That's the Taylor family. Many of you know Bob and Lou Ann Taylor. They're, they're part of our serving team here at the church. Um, Dee, his mother, Bob's mother, Dee, went to be with the Lord last night, uh, yesterday morning actually, and uh, she is in the presence of God Almighty right now. Uh, but Dee was a part of our church for the last few years and uh, faithfully coming. And uh, she was one of those people who always come up. I always say, you know, there's a few people who always come up and encourage us. She was one of those people who always come up and encourage us. So we thank God for, uh, for detail. So uh, their, their information will be coming out later this week as far as the arrangements for their family. So let's lift them up in prayer, and then we'll jump into the Word. Father God, we come before you. We thank you for our family here. We thank you for the, uh, the way that we can have a church family. God, thank you. You've given us a place where we belong. This is our home. God, thank you that you're growing this home, that, that more and more people are, are seeing what you're doing in their life, and they're, they're feeling like, wow, this is what God's doing. God wants me here. So thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in, in all of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for um, the, uh, our wonderful family. And I thank you, Lord, this morning for Dee Taylor as she is now in the presence of God. She is in, in, your, in your heaven already, Lord, in the place that you prepared for her. So we thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you have called her unto yourself. And I pray you'll be with Bob and Luann. And their entire family, Lord, as, uh, as we minister to them this week, as we cry with them through, this, through these moments. But we rejoice because we know that she is in heaven with God Almighty. Thank you, Lord, and we just ask for your blessing upon this service today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, as we jump into the, to the series today, that was the last week you're going to see my domino video. Uh, we're wrapping up the series on habits today. And we, remember, the reason for the dominoes is because it's just something small that you do makes a big impact. Uh, and if you take a domino, you can take a domino and knock over one and a half times the size of a domino. So if you have one, you can go up to one and a half times the size of that to keep going up. And this is what happens in our life. And we develop these habits. These are habits that will change your life. And we've been looking at good habits that will change your life. And so as we look at them, we're looking at these little domino effects. And as you just do something, you think it's so small, you think, wow, you know, I don't think this will make a big difference. It really does make a huge difference. Um, the habits, we've been going through this acrostic of the word habits. The H in habits is, stands for hang out in the presence of Christ. And I want to encourage you to hang out in the presence of Christ. Get to know him. Spend time with him daily. Uh, get in his word. Whenever you are enjoying the presence of Christ, you can't get enough of it. Did you catch that? When you enjoy the presence of Christ, you can't get enough of it. Right now, you're hearing about a revival that's taking place in our country. Uh, you may have heard this thing called the Asbury Revival. What has happened was a bunch of college students down in, at Asbury College down in Kentucky, 
they, uh, they were having a worship service, and they decided at the end of the worship service, a few people said, hey, listen, God's done a work in my life. And, and they repented of their sins, and they confessed their sins and, to the Lord. And then God began to move, and, and they, they said, well, let's sing another song, and let's sing another song. And, and one song became another song, and it became two entire weeks where these people kept coming back night and day, praying and worshiping the Lord. And so this was a, a movement of God. And there's like 100,000 people have gone down there to see what was going on from all over the country. God's moving. And then from there, all across college campuses in America, I heard that there were 22 other universities that worship services like this began. And young people are seeking out the Lord and they're repenting. They're saying, Lord, I need you. And this is whenever God does something. You know what they're doing? They're experiencing God. They're getting in the presence of Christ. And you don't have to go to Asbury to get the presence of Christ. The presence of Christ is right here this morning. Amen? Uh, he's right there. The presence of Christ is right there tomorrow morning when you get with him and you, you open his word and you say, Lord, I want to hear from you. And God, here's my heart. You pray to him. You sing to him. You, you, you spend time in the presence of God. But I want you to be encouraged. Whenever I hear the things like Asbury and, and 22 other colleges, I want you to know that God's moving among young people in our country right now. There is a movement that has not been prompted by the church, but it's been prompted by God. God himself is tapping 18 to 24-year-olds. I'm seeing a lot of this in 18 to 24-year-olds, somewhere in that generation. What do they call them, Generation Z or something? I don't know. Um, there's a generation everything for everything, right? We've got a label for everything, right? So, so listen, there's this young people. God is just prompting them. And, like, they're, they're, they have this hunger for God. You know why they have a hunger for God? Because the world doesn't fill it. The, the world is darker than it's ever been right now. The, the world is saying, go out and, 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 and fill yourself, make your own identity, and you'll be happy. Well, God, God made you his child. Don't, don't try to become anything different than who he has. He has you're, you're the son, of, you're our daughter or son of the most high God. And so when we go out there, the world says, go out and have this drink. Go out, out and have this, this addiction. Go out and have this drug. Uh, go out and get money. And listen, the whole world is trying all these things. And let me tell you, the young people are finally hitting to the point where they're saying, no, this isn't it. And God is stirring this. I had a nice conversation last week with a young person, college age, um, going, to, going to college up north uh, about two hours from here. This young person said, hey, I've started to attend church. I've gone for the last five weeks. And I said, that's exciting. What made you want to go? And this young person said, because the world is so dark. She said, my life is just so hurt and my life is so broken and I can't stand how that, like, I'm just falling to pieces all the time. So a friend of mine invited me to church. And I thought, oh, is it a church near your campus? She goes, no, it's a half hour away. I said, so what's, what's going on in the church? And she said, well, the pastor stands up and he reads the Bible. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? And I thought she was going to tell me some big concert or something. She goes, we open the Bible, and, and, and she goes, and whenever I leave from there, I have peace. You see, this is what God's doing, and, and that's like the third or fourth one that I've heard in the last month, like since January. Like God is moving and touching young people's hearts, and they're turning towards him. And, and she said this. She said, you know what's happening? Every week I go, there's more kids from campus coming, and they're driving 30 minutes to get to this church. So what, what's happening is... The Spirit of God is moving. And when you hang out in the presence of Christ, it will change your life and you won't be able to get enough of it. 
I want to encourage you, out of all the habits, develop that one. Hang out in the presence of Christ. I didn't say do your devotions. I said hang out in the presence of Christ. I think many people go through a a ritual where they crank through a devotional book or I've got this system or that. No, no. I want you to get alone with God Almighty and say, God, I'm here to hear from you, Lord. And you open his word and you let him talk to you. I'm telling you, if you do that, it will transform your life. You will have what we know as peace. The world doesn't have peace. Jesus said, I will give you peace, not as the world gives you. The world can't give you peace. You won't get peace through politics. Well, we won't get nothing through politics, right? You won't get peace through politics. You won't get peace through your income. You won't get peace through relationships. The only way you get peace is through a relationship with God himself. And when you do that, he now transforms your life. He gives you this opportunity to have that peace that passes all understanding. So hang out in the presence of Christ. That's the number one out of this whole series. Then we talked about accountability, hanging out with other believers. As you hang out with other believers, they encourage you and and you become accountable. So I go to breakfast with a few guys. We're accountable. They they stir me on to love and good deeds. They encourage me to do the right thing in my life. Um, B is Bible memorization, taking the Bible and memorizing verses and sticking them in your heart. God will pull them up when you need them. When you're out there, we have verses out there on your identity in Christ. We have verses out there on on uh, on peace and anxiety. Take them. They're on the, the resource table. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible, go grab one of those Bibles out there. We've given away hundreds of those Bibles so that people can uh, start their relationship with God and hang out in the presence of God. And people are taking them like crazy. They're free for the taking. There's a resource table in the foyer. Just go grab it and take one. Um, The Bible memorization. uh, The I is involvement in the church. You're involved in serving. You want to get involved in serving. Maybe you're going to serve in the kids' ministry, serve in the teen ministry, serve in the band, serve in the parking lot, serve somewhere, serve in our community. We serve God by serving other people. Love God and love people is what God's called us to do. Um, We're involved in serving. The T is tithing. We looked at that. We talked the whole Sunday about how to give. How do we give us unto the Lord? You start that. This becomes a habit. It's not something, hey, I tithe, then it's over. You tithe. You serve regularly. You memorize regularly. You hang out in the presence of God. These are these little things that will make a massive impact. And tithing makes a huge impact on your personal finances. That's how God works. And then today we're moving on to the S, and that is share Jesus. Would you say that with me? Share Jesus. Now, sharing is a fun thing. Sometimes I'll come up here in the foyer after the church, and the kids will come up from downstairs, and they'll have all their stuff, you know. Like they've got this bag full, little brown bag with all their stuff, and they've got the papers that they colored this morning. And, uh, and then they'll have some candy or, or a treat. And as the pastor, I come over, and the kids will talk to me. I'll have a little bit of fun, and they'll show me their coloring page. Then they'll show me their, you know, their treat. And I'll say, can I have a bite? And you should see the look on the kid's face. They're like, no. I'm like, can I have one lick of that lollipop? <laughs> Which I'm thankful nobody's ever offered it to me, you know. <laughs> I was a kid, ah, here, you want it? No. So, so you know, but, yeah, that's really gross, right? So, but that's what happens. I'll go and I'll say to the kid, hey, could I have a lick of that? And they're like, no, they're scared, right? And I'll tell you what, that's what I'm talking about with sharing Jesus. I think it's so easy sometimes 
for us to just get all excited about what we got. We get all excited about this is what God's given us. Oh, I've got this relationship with God. It's changed my life, and, and I'm holding on to it tightly. God wants us to share it. He wants you to, to give a part of that to somebody else. He wants you to go out and, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, if you go to buy anything today on Amazon, right? You buy, you know, anybody ever buy anything on that little Amazon thing? Yeah, a couple of you, right? When you buy something on Amazon afterwards, they want you to give a, give, give a review, right? Leave your good remarks. So you bought a sweeper on Amazon, and you go on there, and you give, you, get, you give your review. This sweeper is so good. It works so well. This sweeper changed my life. And you put on about how this sweeper really works and really changed your life. So it's all exciting, right? That's what God wants us to do with him. You know, if you have something that's really good, it's amazing that you'll share it. Have you ever noticed that? When you're digging into something that's really good, you'll just share it. For example, you know, if you're taking a supplement and it helps your knees, you tell everybody, hey, I'm taking vitamin C. Vitamin C. Look, I can go up the steps again. Vitamin C. I can say that because with bad knees, I know everybody else in the church who has bad knees. Everybody tells me. I've heard garlic. I've heard vitamin C. I've heard, I've heard it all. Why? Because what works for you, you're going to share. You say, hey, that guy has a problem. I want to help him with his legs, right? So you, you help him, right? Um, if, you, if, you, if you bought a car and you love how your car works, you like your particular brand of car, you tell everybody you should buy that particular brand of car, you know? Ford guys, they're Fords. I mean, Fords are always Ford people all their life. Fix or repair daily. That's what they do. They're Ford guys, right? And then, then you have Chevy guys, the Chevy guys. You won't, you won't get a Chevy. And you get around a Chevy guy, he'll tell you, sell that Ford because you need to get a Chevy, right? I'm sorry. There's a few Ford people in there, right? And then the Ford people look at the Chevy guy and say, well, you need to get rid of that Chevy. And so what happens is we get all excited about something that we know that works. And when I'm talking about sharing Jesus... This is a small little habit, a small daily thing that God wants us to do. And you get to do this daily because you know it works. You know that Jesus works. You know if, if Jesus is on Amazon, you're putting on a review, hey, this really does work. I highly recommend Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is to share Jesus because you were made for a mission. God has given every one of us the mission to take his good news to the ends of the earth. Look here in John chapter 17. Jesus is about ready to go to the cross, and he's praying, and he's talking to the Father. And look how he prays for us. He says, but I now come to you, and these things I speak in the word, in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. God wants you to have the joy of the Lord in you. He says, I want you to have that. So he's praying to the Father. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So Jesus wasn't of the world. He was in it, but he was not of it. Jesus left all the glory of heaven, came down, lived the perfect life, goes to the cross. He dies on the cross, pays for your sin, pays for my sin. He rises again the third day, and God has given us eternal life through him. He says, just as I am not of the world, Father, they are not of the world. Therefore, I do not pray that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. So you are in the world. You're, you know, like God didn't call us to be on this holy huddle up here on the, on the mountain. 
Like, this is cool that we're here. God, he's called this gathering, but he didn't call us to stay up here. He called us to go back into the world, go back out there every day and make a difference. And God's prayer for us is that he would keep, that the Father would keep you from the evil one. The evil one is like a roaring lion, the scripture says, seeking whom he may devour. Um, the, the prayer of Jesus for you is, Father, protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. If you want to find truth, folks, you won't find it anywhere but the word of God. This is the foundation. All truth starts with the word of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Um, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, so send I you. John 17, 18 says, uh, as the Father sent me into the world, so send I you. In the message translation, message paraphrase says it like this, in the same way that you have given me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. God's given you this mission. What is that mission? It's to share Jesus. Our mission is to bring people to Jesus Christ. That's the mission of every believer. We glorify God, we worship Him, we praise Him, and we bring other people to Jesus. That's what He's called us to do. So we get to share this. Over in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul called it the ministry of reconciliation. Just as God came and he reconciled man. You know, when when you have reconciliation, reconcile means to make it right. And to not just make it right, but to make it well. Uh, If you have a problem with the bank, sometimes that happens, right? You overdrew the account. You have to go down and what do you got to do with the bank? You have to reconcile. You have to make it right. God came to make things right between you and the Father. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross, so that you could have eternal life. You can't make it right. Jesus made it right. Once for all, forever. He paid for your sin, and he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. So this morning, we have the same ministry. Paul says that you have this ministry of reconciliation. That's where you are out sharing Jesus. Hey, I've got the best news. Hey, this Jesus really works. Hey, I've got peace. I, I have peace. Would you like a little bit of that? Like somebody's looking at your life and they see, they see the things are falling apart. They see the brokenness. They see the pain. They see things that are insurmountable and they see that you have not fallen apart. Oh, they watch you grieve. They watch you in pain. But they see that you are able to continue with your life and move forward because God has made a difference. That's when you get to say to somebody, Well, I have this peace that comes from Jesus. I'm a friend of God. Did you ever tell somebody that you're a friend of God? You are. We're going to talk a lot more next week about being a friend of God, what that means. Um, But look here at Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus said this at the beginning of his ministry. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Salt makes everything taste good, doesn't it? Man, if you go out, some of you, you go out, you like a little meat with your salt. It's amazing, you know. It's like, you just, uh, yeah, you go out there and you put salt on. When, you, when, you're eating, when you're shaking that salt, man, boy, you eat that, you're like, wow, it's so good. I always say there's two things that cover a multitude of sin at the dinner table, ketchup and salt, right? Just, 
uh, salt, when you're the salt of the earth, he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled. He says, listen, the, 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 the reason you're following Christ, we're to be salt. We're to, we're to be a, a sweet. It's supposed to make this world taste good. Listen, too many Christians are sour out there today. God's called us to be salt. And look what he continues on the next verse. He calls us to be light. He says, you are a light on, of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Isn't that interesting we're on a hill up here, huh? He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. That's wonderful until the snow comes, isn't it? You know? <laughs> this verse was definitely written in, uh, in, in Israel where there's no snow, right? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Man, when I'm driving, sometimes at night I'll come make the, make the bend around, around Tracks Farm and I'll just see the lights up here. It's so beautiful to see the lights up here. Man, you can see it from miles away because that's what light. And he says, nobody goes up and puts a hide, it, hide that thing. Nobody takes a lamp and says, well, here, we'll, we'll turn on the light today. Mm. No, you let the light go out. Instead, they put on a stand that gives life to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know how you share Jesus? By, by, by serving people. By going out and making a difference, by caring for them. When they see your good deeds, they'll glorify your Father in heaven. But he takes it a step further. Like, like that's the lifestyle we're called to do. And, and I think that sometimes people will either get excited about the lifestyle or they'll get excited about the message. We've got to get excited about both of them. There's a message that we're called to carry. And so my neighbors aren't going to see... They're going to see the glorify my Father in heaven, but they need to hear the message, the good news. And that's why Jesus, ever in Acts 28:18, the very last things that he says before he heads to heaven. He says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. That's Matthew 28:18. I, I want you to catch this. He says, I am with you. All authority has been given to me. Go, verse, uh, the next verse there, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, we're going to baptize a few people here today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's exciting what God's doing in our church. But you know what? It, they, they can't get baptized until they first have Jesus in their heart. And how will they get Jesus in their heart? How will they get Jesus into their life? Somebody has to tell them. I'm thankful today for good parents who have who brought their kids and said, I want my kids to know about Jesus. Downstairs, they're teaching them about Jesus. You're teaching them about Jesus at home. That's You're going to see some young people today. Uh, there's a lot of adults that are ready to get baptized. I want you to not hold back because God's moving. God's saying, hey, listen, are you my follower or not? So he says, therefore, go make disciples, teach them uh, to obey, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always till the very end of the age. Jesus taught a parable about, about this concept of inviting people to Jesus, about sharing the faith. And let me just read the parable. A parable is, a, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So let me give you this parable here. 
Luke 14, verse 16 through 23. Jesus replied with this story. So he's giving this parable. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. So what would happen in Bible times is if you were having a feast, having a banquet, you would go out and you would invite everybody that you wanted to come. And they would say, yes, I can come, or no, I can't come. So they would originally say yes. They would commit to coming to the banquet. You see, it's before the days of having Cisco Foods pull up their truck to the, to the back of the banquet hall, right? It's before all that. Now, here you are. They've got to go out. They have to prepare all this food. They've got to get it right. And then he sends his servants out to go out and say, come, the banquet is now ready. Verse 18, but they all began making excuses. So he invites all this. He has a, a guest list is full, but they begin to make excuses. I've just bought a field, and, it must, and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I, I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another one said, I have a wife, so I can't come. That's a good excuse, isn't it? I now have a wife, so I can't come. Verse 21, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, invite the lame to come. After he, after the servant had done this, he reported, there's still more room. So his master said, go out into the country lanes, go out into the highways and byways and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. You see, there was an invitation and people had excuses. The first guy in verse, uh, verse 18 there, he says, well, I just bought a field. I have to go inspect it. That's the excuse of wealth. We do the same thing to God today. God, I'm too busy. I've got to make an honest wage. Or many people say, well, you know, I don't need God because I have all this. In biblical times, he says, uh, says, I just bought a field. I have to go inspect it. You know, it's like even today, if you close on a house, you kind of know when you're going to the closing. And in that day, buying a piece of land would have been a lengthy process, and he would have known that when he received the first invitation. So he makes an excuse. The, the second excuse, look at the second excuse. He says, I bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Well, that is the excuse of work. I'm just too busy. I think many people in our land today are just too busy. Oh, they're doing many good things. They're, they may even be working hard. And this day he says, man, I, I've got to try out the 10 oxen that I just bought. I, you know, it's my business. I, I'm anxious to try it out. The, the banquet's in the evening. You're not, going in, you're not going and doing this at night. He's making up an excuse. Then he says, my wife, the last one was my wife, right? He says, I've just gained a wife. I just got married. Particularly in Bible times, there'd be a two-week-long process of getting married. It's like a a two-week celebration. My daughter just got married last Saturday. We were home by 11 o'clock, you know? In Bible times, they would start and they would have this go on for two weeks. It It would just go on and on and on. And how many people will use that excuse, well, my family? I'd follow God, but my family, my family's not into God. 
I've heard that many times. Many people have told me, well, my family's just not into it, so I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to be involved with the things of God. My family, and I think many times we use the excuse of family for many of us, even as followers of Christ, we use my family as a good excuse whenever God really is coming after your heart once you make a sacrifice. But God here, he's using this story, and he tells the young man, he says, go out there. And he says, I want you to go into the highways and byways and bring them in. Compel them. Verse 23, he says, I want you to go out there and I want you to invite, urge. One translation used the word compel them. And folks, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you urged somebody to come to God? When was the last time that you compelled somebody? Because what's hanging in the balance is real for their life. It's heaven or hell. It's peace or no peace. It's a life, abundant life or a life filled with addiction. It's an abundant life or a life filled with emptiness. It's true. It's hanging in the balance for the people that you know and love. And God did not place the pastor in your situation. I have my situation. God placed you out there and you are to bring these people to invite them to the banquet. Invite them into the banquet. And I I like to ask it like this. Is there anybody going to be in heaven because of your invitation? When you get to heaven, will anybody be there because you invited them to Jesus? You see, that's that's the, the idea behind the parable. He says, listen, go out and compel them to come in. My house is, is empty. Bring them in. And then he says, but yes, keep bringing them in because God's got a big house. Man, I remember we used to sing that song with the youth group back in the day. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. It's a big, big house where we can play football. It's a big, big table where, with lots and lots of food. Man, listen, one of these days I'm going to break that out and start singing it, man. You guys got to get some 90s songs in here, right? Listen, God's got a big house and the invitation is for you to walk away from the things that have destroyed life and for you to actually find life. And you know how how people get to the table? It's by you going out and sharing Jesus and saying, I have bought into this. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. In America, there are 160 million people that are unchurched. That means that they come to church less than two times a year. 160 million people. 96% of those surveyed of the unchurched said that, uh, that they are at least somewhat likely to, att- to attend church if they were invited. You know the person that you're least likely to invite? Invite them. Nine out of ten, more than nine out of ten will come. They just need to know that it's real. They just need to know that somebody loves them, that they're accepted, that they won't be rejected. They just need to know that you're eating, you're drinking of the living water, and it's worth them taking a sip. That's what they need to know. Out of that 160 million, that means there's 153 million people in the United States that would come if they were just invited. How do you share Jesus? It's real simple. First of all, you share your life. I want to encourage you. You share your life. 
First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul's talking to the church at Thessalonica. He says, As the apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you. We were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. He's saying we were gentle among you. The next verse, verse 8 there, what's he say? He says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. We just didn't slide a piece of literature under your door and run. We just didn't preach at you and tell you you're going to hell. He says that we came alongside of you and we sat there and we had coffee with you. And not only did we have coffee with you, but we shared a few meals together. We opened our lives together. We opened our hearts to you and you've become so dear to us. Catch this. We didn't just come and... Preaching and wanting to build a church. We came and we saw humans and we invested in humans and we loved you. We poured our life into you and we shared the message of Jesus. You are the connecting link between people and Jesus. Would you read that with me? You are the connecting link between people and Jesus. In the the New Testament, 40 times, 40 times Jesus comes out and we see him touching people and people's lives are changed. As he comes out there 40 times, people come and they, touch, they, they get touched. 34 of those 40 times, Jesus came out. He, went, he touched the lives of all 40 of them. 34 of them, they were either brought to Jesus. People said, come, you've got to meet this man, Jesus. Or they dragged Jesus to the person who needs him. That's 85% of the time God uses the connecting person. Every one of us are a connecting person. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a connecting person. You're a connecting person. I'm glad you're connected to me. Start there, right? Glad you're connected to me. Now let's connect people to Jesus, right? So, Look, you can't save a soul, but you know what you can do? You can take the hand of your friend and connect them to the hand of God. And God will do the rest. We need to help people find out that they're lost. In Luke 15, there's a parable about the lost coin. With the lost coin, the, lo- the coin doesn't know it's lost. Did you catch that? The coin does not know it's lost. The person who knows it's lost has to go out and seek it and find it. God's called you to find people that are lost, that need Jesus, and bring them unto Christ. Value people. We've got to value them. Don't just look at people as, oh, one thing you will never find at this church is numbers. We don't sit here and say, wow, we had this many people in church. You know what I look at? I look at every name, and I'm praying for names. I'm praying for your life, praying that God will transform you from the inside out, because that's what God does. We value people. I like what John Maxwell said. He said, perspective is everything. If I seek you as weak, I'll help you. Uh, If I see you as broke, I'll fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'll serve you. So we go out and we share our life. And while we're sharing our life, I want to tell you this. Do something that you find enjoyable and do it with other people who need Jesus. Did you catch that? Do what you love to do. Invite people who need the Lord to do it with you. Read it with me. Do what you love to do. Invite people who need the Lord to do it with you. Do you like to fix cars? Invite somebody over to help you rotate the tires on your car. You will have a friend for life. 
Uh, do, do you like to cook? Invite me over. No, I'm just kidding. Do you like to cook? Do you like to cook? Then you invite a friend that likes to cook, and you guys start making cookies. You start doing whatever you do, whatever cooks do. Uh, do, you, do you like to ride horses? You go horseback riding with your friend. Uh, do you like to line dance? You go line dancing with your friend. Do you like to mountain bike? You go mountain bike. Uh, do you like to lift weights? You go weightlifting. You do it, and you invite a lost person to come with you. And as you go do that, all of a sudden you're going to share your life and you're going to do it. And while you're there, you look for an open window. Colossians chapter 4 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us that God will give us many opportunities to speak about Jesus. I want to encourage you. Do what you love to do and look for the open window. And as you, as you see that open window, you're going to find that people are hungry for God. Do not for one moment believe the lie that people are not hungry for God. We're seeing young people all over this world turn to Jesus Christ right now. The number one selling book of all times, you can look it up on Guinness Book of World Records, the number one selling book of, uh, of all times is the Bible. Between five to seven billion copies of the Bible have been sold or given away. That is the number one greatest. You tell me there's not not a a hunger for God. Listen, uh, teenagers are looking for God. Your friends at work, they have drunk of the world. It's empty. It's not filling. They need Jesus. And then lastly, make an invitation. Make an invitation for them to come to Christ. Oh, would you like to taste this? So what I tell people is invite somebody to church. That's a good first step. You can invite them to church. Over in Romans, he says, how, how can they hear unless somebody tells them? They're not going to hear. They have to hear it by us saying, Jesus is God and he'll transform your life. Will you give him a try? And every one of us can do that. Every one of us can do that. It takes reliance on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit of God. And as you're going about your life and you're looking to look for those open windows, you begin, begin to make an invitation. Now you share Jesus and you say, okay, Lord, God, Holy Spirit, you've got to work in their life. I want to invite you to this thought. In just a moment, we're going to have our kids come in. I want you to think about this. What will it be like when you get to heaven? Will there be anybody there by your invitation? Wouldn't it be cool if after you've been in heaven for a thousand years, you've been worshiping the Lord, you've been praising Him, and all of a sudden you say, man, I've been here and I love what God's done, and you look in the back corner and you see, there's a kid. He was in my neighborhood. I invite him to vacation Bible school. He's here. You know, I just thought he went up to the church and played games. I didn't know that God did anything in his heart. And and then his family moved away two years later, and I haven't seen him for the last 50 years. And he's here. Like God drew him unto himself, and it's because you invited him that he's there, because God used your ministry of reconciliation, your connecting, and God saved that kid and his family, and they're all in heaven because you said, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to develop a little habit to share Jesus. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every opportunity I can. Let's close in prayer as we prepare for the baptisms. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning.
If you've not yet trusted Jesus, that's where it starts, folks. Uh, I'm talking about sharing Jesus. I've been sharing Jesus with you this morning. I want to invite you to trust him. Just call on the name of the Lord and pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin and you rose again. God, I invite you into my life and soul right now. And I ask that you'll transform me from the inside out. And for others in the room this morning, who's, who's come to your mind this morning? God's brought somebody to your mind. I, I know because when I hear something like this, God's brought to my mind about ten people today. Who is it that God's not called you to be ignorant to but to go put your arm around and love? Who is it that God's called you just to share some life with, to go over and bear their burden, to tell them that it's going to be okay? Who is it that God's given you to watch for the open window? Would you lift their name up before the Lord now? And would you begin to ask the Lord to help you with this small little habit to just share Jesus? That's it. You have taken, you've partaken. Now you're going to share what you've partaken of. Father God, be with each one of us as we celebrate this moment, Lord, of this baptism in just a moment, and as we look to share Jesus. Lord, we we realize that these people that are getting baptized this morning are because somebody came and shared Jesus with them, whether it was a Sunday school teacher or somebody from the community or somebody that cared and said, hey, you should check out that church. And God's done some incredible works in their lives. And God, we're going to celebrate that now and help us as as we ask you to help us develop the habit of sharing Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's, uh, let's in- welcome our children as they come on in and, uh, and sit with us this morning. And we have a few baptisms this morning. All right? Good morning, everybody. So, today we have four baptisms. We are... So excited to see these four students decide to give their life to Jesus. And so we have three from our children's ministry and one from our student ministry. So I've brought Kim, Miss Kim, up so that she can talk to our children's ministry kids. All right. Yeah, we're... Oh. Your mic. Your mic on. <laughs> I'm looking at you with your mic. All right. So a few weeks ago... A baptism class downstairs, and we were able to share um, with the kids uh, basically what the Bible says, what baptism is, um, why should, why we should do it, and when we should do it. And so these kids have, have accepted Jesus as their Savior, and they've decided to obey Jesus and take their next step of faith with baptism. And so who do we have here? Cam Fritz. Cam, how old are you, buddy? Nine years old. All right. What's your favorite thing to do? Jump on the trampoline. Yeah, jump on the trampoline. All right, and do you have a favorite verse? Psalms 56.3. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Awesome. And what does your friendship with Jesus mean to you? Everything. Nice. And what did Jesus do for you when you invited him into your life? Made it better. Yes, that's awesome. All right, why do you want to be baptized today, Cam? To tell everybody that I am one of God's children. Love it. That is so cool. Can you guys give him a hand? 
So I'm going to turn you this way. So, Cam, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Yes. Awesome. So I'm going to have you sit down right here. Awesome. So on that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Good job, buddy. <laughs> There's your towel. We'll probably need that. <laughs> oh, I think that's got his verse on it. Has that got your verse? Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Good job, buddy. All right, why don't you tell everybody your name? Cam Vera. And how old are you? Uh, six years old. And what do you like to do? Uh, play at the park. And what's your favorite verse? Second Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Yes. And what caused you to start thinking about inviting Jesus into your life? Uh... Coming to church with my mom and dad, learning about God and what Jesus has done for us. Yes. And why do you want to be baptized today? Because I believe in Jesus. Yes. All right. That's awesome. Guys, give him a hand. Oh, oh, he's, you got it. No, you're good. Yeah, you got it. So, Cam, have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Awesome. So, upon that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. <laughs> Good job, Cam. So there you go, two Cams in one day. And this is layout. I can't hold. I don't want to get zapped. Layout. Look that way. Layout. Well, hello, Leo. What grade are you in? Sixth. And why do you want to get baptized? To show everybody that I believe in God and accepted him as my Lord and Savior. That's so cool. Do you have a Bible verse memorized? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's so, so cool. So I have one last question for you. Have you decided to dedicate your life to Jesus and to follow after him with everything you have? Yes. Awesome. So step down. Upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in his likeness of his resurrection. Good job, Lael. And then we have one more, which is awesome because this is... Her younger sister. So everyone give her a hand. All right. Why don't you tell everybody your name? Annalise Pilski. And how old are you? Ten. Ten. And what do you like to do? Play basketball. Yes. And what's your favorite verse? Um, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave well, his son, whoever be- and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And what does your friendship with Jesus mean to you? 
It means he's always here for me and he's my best friend. And why do you want to be baptized today? To show people that I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. All right. That's awesome. So here, step down for me. Yep, thank you. So have you accepted Jesus into your heart? Awesome. So upon that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Yeah, you're good to go that way. <laughs> all right, Pastor Ken. All right. Let's thank God for all the good things that God's doing in our church. Amen. God is so good. We thank God for all that he's doing. We ask everyone to have a seat till the kids get back to their proper place down there. We don't want to lose any of them because they're yours. All right. Hey, I thank God. Isn't that exciting what God is doing? Young people are coming to God. Remember, I've been saying it all morning. Young people are coming to God. Now, I want you to know that old people are coming to God, too. It doesn't mean it's just the young people. And so if you're here and you have not yet... Uh, taking the step of believer's baptism. That's called believer's baptism. Once you have believed, now you're baptized. All right? So um, these kids are doing this at young ages. We have people do this at all different ages. And so it doesn't matter what your age is. We'd like to see our adults start getting them baptized because there's a number of you that are ready. So look at the inf- information in the bulletin. There's a way that you can let us know that you're ready to get baptized. All right? So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Wasn't a great day today here at the church? Amen? God is good, man. God is good. Make sure to congratulate these families on the, on, uh, with their children getting baptized today. Let's stand up and be dismissed. God bless you and have a great day. to see